As many of you know, I am an avid bird watcher. And this interest in birds started pretty early for me in life. So it was that when I was a teenager, in addition to going to the traditional summer camps with swimming pools and campfire songs, one summer I attended the Victor Emmanuel Youth Birding Camp with a dozen or so other teenagers who enjoy birdwatching, went to southeast Arizona and saw the amazing creatures that live there. There was the appropriately named elegant trogon, and not just one species of hummingbirds, but half a dozen. It was a great experience. And in addition to exploring the birds there, we also learned from our guides about the brittle desert ecology, the brittle ecology of the Southwest. And I remember very distinctly this one stop we made along a roadside. We were driving along, and our guides pulled off to the side of the road, and there was this lush, beautiful grassland. Our guides explained that this was the way that much of southeast Arizona had once looked, that this was a short grass prairie. But just across the fence from it, there was dry desert with bare ground and little more than some sagebrush and saguaro cactus. How was this difference in just two sides of the fence? Our guides explained that on the one side, that the ranchers there were managing their cattle for the health of the whole ecosystem. They wanted to grow good, healthy cattle for market, yes, but they were also focused on the grass and the soil. They imitated the pattern that the buffalo had once played in this grassland by grazing short areas and then allowing for plenty of time for regrowth. They were cultivating the whole flow of life in that place. On the other side of the fence, it was Bureau of Land Management property, and the ranchers there were just leasing it from the federal government. They were not interested in cultivating the whole ecosystem, Instead, they were just extracting what value they could, putting a few pounds on the cattle that they had before they were hauled off to the feedlot. What I witnessed in that stop along a highway in Arizona was a difference that I think can help us get into understanding what's going on in our scriptures today especially our scriptures from Jeremiah and Jesus' blessings and woes in our gospel reading. Because this difference between the green pasture and the dry desert on either side of the fence represented really the difference between riches and affluence, ecology and extraction. Now, many of us might think of riches and affluence as being the same thing, and we do use them as synonyms in our everyday English. But I love to go back to the etymologies of things and, and look for how words change over time. 
The original sense of the word rich didn't really have to do with wealth so much as power and control. To be rich in its original sense was to be someone of high social standing, a a royal. Even farther back in its Indo-European roots, that word meant the ability to make a straight line. So the rich are those who have the power and ability to control the world and people and creatures to make a straight line. And this is different from affluence. Affluence has its root in the words that we, where we get fluid and flow. It's where it has a similar root to the word confluence, the coming together of waters. Affluence means being a part of the flow of God's flourishing, the flow of plenty in the world. And the choice that we have as we live our lives is which option we want to choose. Do we want to seek control and power, the reality of riches, or do we want to participate in the shared flow of plenty, which is affluence? That's the difference that Jeremiah and Jesus are working with in our scriptures today. And they point to that difference as being a matter of trust. What do we put our trust in? Jeremiah points to the one who trusts only in human power and prowess and says that the result of trusting in that will lead to a reality of dry desert, like that BLM pasture. But the other side is trusting in God, And in trusting in God, we participate in the flow of God's mercy and God's provision in all creation. Jeremiah and Jesus saw God's creation as a place where God has provided provision for all good things. But in that, God has, in that provision for all good things, that God has tried to to create a place where we can all share in it, but not one person taking more than enough or um, controlling the, the whole of it, wanting to accumulate too much. But sometimes we get scared. Sometimes when we have to share our resources with a whole community of people, we are uncomfortable when things seem to be getting a little thin. And even before our plates are bare or our clothes worn thin, we begin to think that we want some more sure security than just the affluence that God provides. And so we're tempted to hoard. We're tempted to seek various means of control where we have all of the provisions of life just for ourselves. But in doing that, we are actually blocking the flow of life. We're unable to allow the waters to flow, and so we're just keeping all those waters for ourselves. And so Jesus wants to invite us away from that into God's great river of life. And so how do we live into that? 
Is it really possible to live into this shared abundance that God wants to offer us? I would think that it's difficult, and I wouldn't be so sure that it exists if it weren't for the fact that I've had experiences of it myself, and I've seen it lived out so well and beautifully by people in our own community. There's a woman that I know in Little Rock who lives this reality of God's abundance every day in her life. She is, lives in a neighborhood that doesn't have a lot of resources and is not wealthy in terms of income. We would call it poor, just like those poor that Jesus called blessed. And yet, this woman has, for many years, offered free lunches from her front porch— Seeing the need in her community of people who didn't have enough to eat, she began to feed them hot meals from her own kitchen. And for many years, over a hundred people would come to her front porch to receive the blessing of that meal. It was something that um, she never ha- advertised, it never made it on the evening news. She didn't even tell many people who were close to her what she was doing. But there were always enough friends and family to come alongside and help out. And there were other neighbors who found out too and would bring by donations of food. She was living in the reality of God's affluence. This woman was Muslim, and so she saw this as an expression of God's mercy in her life that she could extend to others. It was a reality that she found outside of just this feeding ministry. She was, um, had an experience one time when someone stole her air conditioner in the middle of the summer, and yet friends found out about it and came and bought her a new one and, and replaced it for her. There was another time when she had a leak in her roof that she couldn't pay for, The local minister found out about it and came and repaired it, no questions asked. She was participating in the affluence of God's abundance. I know another woman whose family went through the tragedy, the drought of a long-term terminal illness. And through that experience, she invited her whole community to come and help her. Instead of spending money that she didn't have on hiring care, she trained friends in offering an IV. And her children were often picked up by near strangers helping with pickups and drop-offs. There were others who brought food or offered money. And through it all, she lived in God's affluence of mercy and abundance. And we are invited to live into that affluence too. But in order to do that, we have to let go of our need for control. We have to let go of our desire to hold on to our possessions for ourselves, seeking security in that closeness. Instead, we have to join in the flow of God's abundance. And it's a flow that shows up 
first for us in our baptisms. You know, in the early church, baptisms were always carried out in what they called living water. It had to be flowing water. And for convenience sake, since we don't all want to go down to the river, and maybe it's not that safe to go to the Arkansas River today, um, we've had fonts, but it but that font represents the flowing water of God. And in our baptismal covenant that we're about to say, we're going to make some promises that are representative of this affluence and abundance that God is inviting us into. So as we say those words and as we move through this service, think about the flow of God's goodness. And let go of your possessions so that you can join in that river of God's life. If we do that, then we can become like that green grassland that I saw on the side of the road in Arizona. We can be a place of verdant life and a diversity of creatures and creation right in the midst of the desert. We can become a demonstration plot of God's good reign. Amen.